everybody online and the few of you here in person. It's good to see everybody again. It was a stressful morning, but then again, that happens to be my life. So doing things emergency is kind of what I do, and that's okay. Um, but I do want to continue to talk about uh, my series this week, uh, When God Speaks. Uh, today's a little bit different because we're going to look at it from a different angle. But uh, I was interested in the week as I prepared for this and read things. Um, uh, I was thinking about us as a people in general, a church, and then our society. As Pastor Armory just prayed, um, again, it's, it's impossible to avoid what's going on in the world. Uh, you know, of course, Quebec seems to be on a, on a pretty good road at the moment uh, with the cases of COVID. Uh, what, what's the word? Um, stabilizing and the vaccinations rising quickly and so on and so forth. And uh, everybody seems to be uh, living for June 24th. Uh, when everybody will have the first shot and things will return to what I call, what, what people are calling normal. And again, as I've said many times from this pulpit, let's remember that what was happening before the pandemic wasn't healthy. So if all we do is go back to the way things were before the pandemic, we'll have learned nothing. And so as uh, interesting, I was reading a friend of ours who now lives in Ontario posted an article this week about um, this feeling, you may have seen this article, it went as far, I think the Gazette might have republished it too, but it was from a bigger newspaper. And they said that the general feeling going on in the world in North America today is languishing. I don't know, anybody read that article? Um, it was about how so much has gone on in the world uh, and we were sort of kept at home for so many, some of us have been at home for months, some of us haven't been able to go out. In fact, uh, you know, we wanna pray for Mark and Deanne and Ethan. They're at home today because somebody in Ethan's class who knows when tested positive and they had to get tested and they still don't have their results and we're sure they're negative but we you know like and you're there, you can't do anything you know poor you know Mark loves to do things Mark would have fixed that thing in five minutes this morning but he's stuck at home he's languishing he can't do anything and in fact it's sort of shown people that wow uh, doing nothing isn't all it's cracked up to be but also there's been a sense of um, if you will a, a, a lack of mission, a lack of thing to do. And I would now remember that many people were filling their lives up, say, with entertainment or with going out to eat or whatever. Even, you know, I love doing those things as well. And we have to be careful as we come back to normal that we don't just refill our lives. I was talking to somebody, a friend from church last night, saying, well, we can't wait till maybe August, September, because then we think you're allowed to be go to outdoor soccer game and go see the Montreal team play and so on and so forth. I know, David, it was another friend. Whatever, but and, um, uh, you know, and uh, all those, and, you know, people and Montrealers, we all want to go on a terrace, right? Who doesn't want to just go sit outside and eat in Montreal in the summer? Because we know for seven months of the year, you can't do that. And, uh, and all those things, and it's all great. But this whole idea, this sort of like, um, I think a good word, a good French word is malaise that's sort of order over people. And many people are trying to s say, well, what, what's going on? And I actually think that in it, God is speaking. Okay. Uh, C.S. Lewis is famous. I love quoting him. He's famous for saying God, uh, pain is God's megaphone to the world. Okay. As in, uh, when you're going through pain, what else matters than the pain you're going through? Nothing. And you pay full attention to that pain. Now, C.S. Lewis is not saying God causes pain, but God can cause us to hear something when we're going through that. You know, my son is brave. Caleb, the other on Friday, we went to the hospital, and Caleb had his, one cast removed for another cast. And um, he had 30 stitches pulled out of his leg. 
okay? And he, tough guy, he stood there and watched them do it. I said, you want your phone? Maybe you can just like have your earphones or a phone. We forgot his earphones, actually. And just have your phone and just ignore it. He's like, nope, I'm going to watch it and, and see. And uh, I, w I thought about putting the pictures up there, but they're pretty gruesome. So I decided not to. Uh, but I can tell you, it wasn't like, ooh, that's pretty, okay? <laughs> uh, sometimes you go through things in life, you know? And the question is, what's happening? I think God is speaking. Remember, we learned that God speaks to us in many, many ways. The Bible starts with God speaking. Uh, those of you who are doing a Bible study with me in the men's thing online this week, we're, we're doing Genesis 1 and 2 right now, right? In the beginning, God said, right? And the Bible ends with God speaking, saying, her, even now the Spirit says, come. Okay? And God says, don't add or take away from this word. It ends with him speaking. So we remember that God speaks to us directly. God speaks to us indirectly. God can speak to us audibly with his voice, through his prophets, through music. You know, we had a prophetic word last week, and I'm going to touch on that in a second. Uh, God speaks to us through the written word. First, of course, is Bible, but of course, through other things. If you've never read a poem and felt the touch of God, then you need to read more poems. Okay? Uh, God can speak to us through nature, a beautiful sunset, a, a yes, and even a nice snowfall. Right? Um, God can speak to us through our circumstances, what's going on in our lives. And all of this is done by and through the Holy Spirit. Okay, so it's not nature that's speaking to us. Nature is inanimate. It is God, the Holy Spirit, speaking to us through creative nature. Last night, um, I lit the first fire of 2021. So we had a little fire going, and we made some s'mores in our backyard. Okay, and we took some pictures. And anybody who's Christian, if you look at a fire long enough, you start getting all sorts of um, sermon illustrations. Right? And, and God starts to speak to you. And so Val kept on saying, we were teaching Caleb about how oxygen feeds a fire. So you fan into flame, right, the fire. And of course, that it brings up the scripture. The Bible tells us to fan into flame the gift of God that was within us. Well, not an hour and a half later, I was texting with a friend of mine because we were disgusted with Canadians and stopped watching. And um, he was texting me, and he said the exact same thing. He said, oh, you know what? I think we need to be fanning into flame. I said, it's funny you should say that. I said, we were just talking about that about two hours ago. See, God is speaking. God is speaking to him, and he's speaking to me, and whatever, and God is always speaking. Okay? And he does this by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit weaves it all together so that we hear what he's saying. And God speaks his word in his time, and it's always on time. So now, one other amazing reality that I want to kind of focus on today is that God speaks to us, and there's times where God speaks through you and I. So God speaks by using you and me, which is fantastic. Uh, he can do that through preaching. So what I'm doing right now, hopefully, now it's important. Not all preaching, sorry, God is not preaching through, sorry, speaking through all preaching. Let me say that again. God is not speaking through all preaching. Okay, there's a lot of preaching that God is not in, unfortunately. And I pray to God that that's not what I'm doing right now. But I believe that preaching that is inspired by the Holy Spirit is God speaking. Uh, prayer, God can speak, you can speak the words of God to other people through praying. Through your friendships, through counseling other people. Through words of wisdom and words of, words of knowledge, right? We read the gifts of the Spirit. They're spoken word gifts. And, of course, through the prophetic, through prophecy and prophets. Okay? So this is a really amazing truth. God uses ordinary people, me, you, to speak his words. It's also sobering in the sense that we should think, whoa, wait a second. God uses me to say what he has to say? That's something special. I want to just unpack that today. So let's look at Acts 2.17, and it says, 
and this is now Peter quoting uh, something that happened in the, uh, the prophet Joel. He says, In the last days, so it should be, God declares, that I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy, and your young men will see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Okay? So this is just a, a sampling, as it were, of me to say, the, the apostle is saying that it's going to come to pass that the spirit will come out on all flesh. And my small group is here. What's my favorite word in that verse? All. Okay? R look for that word in the Bible. Okay? Let's pour out my spirit on all flesh. Caleb asked a funny question the other day. He said, he said it, when he was getting his stitches pulled out, Caleb said, what's, 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 a, what's a worse word? Flesh or skin? I went, oh, flesh. Because uh, flesh just, you know, I have a flesh wound and I have a skin wound. They have different uh, connotations. But if I have a flesh in me, that means this, right? My flesh. So when God says, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. Okay? And your sons and daughters will prophesy. So what's prophesying? Speaking the word of the Lord. Okay? Young men see visions, old men dream dreams, and so on. And I must be getting old because I'm dreaming more. Um, so your sons and daughters will prophesy. It's a promise that God is going to use you and me to speak. And now I have to address it, and I, I, I'm all for unity in the church and so on, but this also speaks to many churches who preach that things like prophecy and stuff like that are not for today and don't exist anymore. Well, their argument is not with me. Their argument is with the Apostle Peter and the prophets of the Lord. In the poor, uh, sorry, And it shall be in the last days. So the last days weren't just the first hundred years of the church. That is absolutely silly thinking, right? So clearly the prophetic unction is that there will be a time in near the end where everybody is prophesying, everybody, the spirit is on all flesh. And I think we're in those days. Now, that's great. Yay, God's going to use us to speak. But we must remember some things. And no one has had to learn this more than me in my 40-odd years of this. So let's look at Proverbs 18.21. It says this, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Okay. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Uh, basically, it's, the Bible is saying here, listen, the tongue is powerful, and it's a sort of a you live by the sword, you die by the sword sort of thing, you know? And uh, this has become very problematic in today's uh, day and age. Uh, of course, now we have this thing that people talk about, cancel culture and all that. I mean, cancel culture has always existed. We just named it something different now. And uh, people, people want to be able to yell at you and rip on you and make fun of you and mock you. But as soon as you turn around and say something back, whoa, wait, that's not fair. Okay, we always, we find that annoying, don't we? Well, let's forget about that other person and look at ourselves. Okay, so in our words, we hold the power of death and life. And anybody who's ever been hurt by somebody's words knows this. Okay, or anybody that's ever been helped by somebody's words know this. So the things we say can cut down and can destroy, and the things we say can build up and encourage and even release people. Okay, it's important to remember that. So we're going to say, well, I'm speaking the words of God. Remember, your words have power. Do you remember the old saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me? It's garbage. <laughs> sticks and stones may break your bones and they will heal. Verbal wounds may never heal. And they can last with you for decades. Okay? They can last with you your whole life if you don't bring them to God to heal them. So in many ways, the words are much more powerful than sticks and stones. 
James, the Apostle James, says this, Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boast. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. Right? We were talking about that last night as uh, we were making sure the fire was safe and it was smoking a bit and making sure the spark didn't fly out and set the grass on fire. Because all it takes is one spark in the right environment and hundreds of thousands of acres of forest can burn. In the same way, the tongue making one small boast can cause a massive, massive problem, right? Uh, we have, of course, examples in history of, of great leaders saying things and setting off whole problems, don't we? Even wars have been started over words, and even in your own life, I'm sure through uh, family situations and work situations, you've experienced things where somebody saying things has caused great anguish and great problems, okay? So we must be careful if we say, yes, God's gonna use me to speak his words, to remember that when we're speaking, the words have power and can can have disastrous uh, circ- uh, results if we're not careful. First Peter 4.11 says this, Each of you should use whatever gift you've received okay, to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So if you go on to read Paul's writings too about the gifts of the Spirit, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, prophecy, faith, so on, praying and healing, all those, all those things. Peter's saying, hey, each of you should use those gifts, what for? To serve others. This is very, very important. So when you're using a gift of God, when you're speaking out the words of God, it is not for your own aggrandizement. It's not so you get recognized. It's not for your benefit. It's to serve others. It's not Careful now, it's not to correct them or put them in their place or to set them right, it's to serve them. Now sometimes to serve someone, you have to tell them something that may be uncomfortable. You know, anybody who has a child will know sometimes you have to say to your child, hey, don't touch the stove. You're not telling them don't touch the stove because you're trying to be mean. You're saying don't touch the stove because they're gonna get hurt. Okay, but you're doing out of service. You're helping them, okay? As faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms, if anyone speaks, They should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides. So that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. So Peter's instruction here is the way you do it, you say something to serve others. So that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. So the result of what you're doing, so the result of you speaking out the words of God, would be that God is praised. Amen? So we can use the word of God and the inspiration of God to speak to others and even ourselves. And now, we do that with the Bible a lot, right? Now some people say, well, the Bible doesn't address everything. Okay? Uh, The Bible uh, doesn't address the internet, for example, uh, because there was no internet. Well, yes and no. Okay? Someone comes to you and says, listen, brother or sister, I I think you need to delete Facebook. I think you need to get off Instagram. I think you need to stop arguing on Twitter. I think you need to get away from social media because it's destroying your witness. It's hurting your spiritual state. It's not healthy for you. Okay? Well, how, how dare you, whatever, whatever. How is that any different from Mark 9, 46 to 48? If your eye causes you to stumble, pluck it out. It's better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell. Who said those words? Anybody live want to guess who said those words? Everybody's whispering. I don't know why. Who said it? Who said those words? 
Jesus said those words. So in the same way, if someone is stumbling because of their obsession with Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or social media or whatever, arguing, it is a right counsel to say to your friend, hey, pluck it out. You know, it's not healthy for you, buddy. Right? You're using the word of God. And there's, what do you mean? Well, listen, the Bible, the Bible tells us if anything is causing you to stumble, you throw it out. Now, is Jesus literally saying poke out your eye? No, he's being hyperbolic on purpose. He's being demonstrative on purpose. Okay? You might want to do one thing I did. Uh, I have, I've been on Twitter since it started, like way, way back. Okay? And in the beginning, it was fun. It was very interactive and fun. And now it's become more of like a, a cesspool of everybody arguing and hating each other. And so what I did was I unfollowed everybody that doesn't follow me. And I kept a select few things, like I follow the Habs account and CF Montreal, whatever, a couple of sports teams that I'm interested in. So I went down from following 893 people to 150. And now it's a much better experience for me. Okay, I'm just sharing that as an example of sometimes the word of God speaks to you and you have to act upon it. And it gives you a health. Okay, by the way, I recommend you all do that with all things. In fact, if you can get through life without social media, delete it. <laughs> I'm not joking. I would not have Facebook if the church wasn't on Facebook. I promise you that. If there was no church interaction with you folks, I would delete Facebook tomorrow. It steals your information. It's unhealthy. I'm, I mean that sincerely. I know I, I like seeing everybody's pictures of their families, and that's why I do it. How about this? Somebody comes to you and says, hey, God was just speaking to me. and We need to focus on the things of God, and maybe you've been a bit distracted lately. You need to focus on the things of God. Well, what do you mean? Well, listen, Matthew twenty two thirty seven says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Colossians 3, 2 says, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. You see, so th what we're saying has its backing in Scripture. Okay, now let me be careful. Not everything has to be exactly translatable. Because if I say, hey, I think you should delete Facebook, that's not in the Bible. You know, delete Facebook, the book of Richard, chapter 4. It's not there. <laughs> right? But there's the idea that if something is taking you away or you're losing your focus from God, you can back it up with Scripture. So let me be careful now. When someone comes to you and says, God told me to tell you, or God said, we're going to cover this in a second, if it doesn't line up to Scripture, if it doesn't have a backing in Scripture, it's not God. I don't care how anointed you think they are. I don't care how big their church is, how many people follow them, how important they are. If it's not backed up by scripture, it is never God. And when they say, well, it's a new thing. Nope. There's no new magical thing that you 2,000 years later figured out that every other church father in history hasn't figured out, that the apostles didn't figure out. You didn't figure out a new prayer. You didn't figure out a new way to get answers to prayer. You didn't find a Bible code. You didn't find a way to get healing that's new and different. There's no such thing. Okay? Pentecostals, Charismatics, we get guilty of that a lot of the times. Okay? Well, this new manifestation is something that's never happened before. Well, then it's not God. It could be a lot of weird things, but it ain't God. Now, it's important to read this. Let's look at 2 Peter 1.21. Love Peter today. It says, No prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So the teaching here is, is that all real prophecy comes from inspiration from the Holy Spirit. 
Now, it says here, no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man. Be careful now when you read the Bible. You could take that and go, okay, well then all prophecy is from God. No. What he's saying is, all prophecy is from, the only real prophecy is that which is done by the Holy Spirit. All the other stuff is not prophecy, so it doesn't count. Okay? Now, it's important when you're speaking the words of God to make sure you understand that what you're saying actually is God or godly. I'll share this. It's okay to give opinion, but make sure to state it. Okay? You've probably heard me when I do it when I preach. And let me tell you, I am grateful for my upbringing. Okay? And my parents were never like this. But I grew up, unfortunately, in an environment where many two people just said, I'm speaking for God, and just said whatever they said. And it became a problem for me in my teenage years because they're like, these people are crazy, so they're not speaking for God, so what's going on? Until I realized that my example could be somebody like Paul. Okay? Many times in 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, Paul actually says, listen, I don't know if this is God, what I'm about to say. He goes, I think it is because I'm pretty close to God. But let me give you my opinion on this. And he goes to share his opinion, especially about marriage. From what we know about Paul, it seems that he, his wife would have left him. After he became a Christian, he had to be married to be in the Sanhedrin. So by, by tradition, we don't know this for sure, but it's likely that his wife left him. Okay, after he became a Christian. We don't know that for sure. But he, he, he gives opinions on marriage. And a lot of times when he's talking about marriage, he's like, ah, I'm not really sure if what I'm saying here is what God thinks. But here's what I think. And by the way, I know the Holy Spirit really well, so I think this is good stuff. Okay? For instance, 2 Corinthians, I think I put them up there. Go, yeah. See, look, look at the underlying part. I am not commanding you, but I want to... Then later on, here is my judgment about this thing. He's saying, listen... Based on everything, my life experience and my leading from the Holy Spirit, I think you should do this and you should behave as such. But he's not saying, God said. Okay? Um, you can go online now. I will not say the names of ministries, but there are some ministries. They will come on for an hour and just be like, well, God told me this, and then went up there, and God did that, and then God said, have a, you know, and God said, order a burger, and then I ordered a burger, and then God said, go here, and then God said, open your core, and then God said, and God said, and then I did this, and God said, and God's telling you this, and God's telling America this, and God's telling Canada this, and God's like, and then the next guy will come the next day and say something completely different, and then God said this, and God's telling America this, and God said, it, it's, it's become such rubbish, it means, it means nothing. When one of the po apostles, Paul, one of the founding apostles of the church is like, listen, I'm not sure if this is God, he had the, the humility to say, I'm not sure if this is God, but this is what I feel. How much would the prophetic and the world change, the church change, if people were more willing to say, listen, I feel like God is saying this, but I'm not sure. And one of the ways you can work on that is to develop friendships and develop mentorships, people in your life who you can trust, to go and bring your ideas to them. You know? I have a group of pastors around my age that regularly we share information back and forth. And we're like, oh, I've been praying about this, and I feel this, and I feel like, what do you think? And what happens is the Bible says, you might have seen, I highlighted it the other day when I was preparing for this one on you version, iron sharpens iron. Okay? So don't go to my unsafe friends and go, listen, I think the Lord is leading me to talk about prophecy. And they're going to look at me going, what? Right? I go to someone else who moves and understands the prophetic and say, listen, this is what I think the Lord is saying, right? Or you go to someone older and say, well, what do you think about this? Or what do you think about that? You don't go to the person who has no experience with it. I always say that, I know they always use the same example, but I love it, right? When you, go to, when you want to cut a uh, prime beef, you don't go to the baker. 
right? So you don't walk into the butcher and go, give me your finest cannoli, sir. Right? So why do we do that with the things of the Spirit? Let's go to the people who know what they're talking about. These other people, these people are God said, God said, God said, God said, God said. Let me say about these people, they are untethered itinerants. Okay, whatever. Let me understand, I hope you understand what that means. People who are untethered, people who do not answer to any church or any church organization. Okay? Find yourself people who are connected, multiple layers of accountability. Who, if they were to err, and if they were to sin, there would be multiple people who could come and say, hey, hold on a second, this is not correct. We want to work with you and bring you into correction. Whenever somebody's unanswerable to anybody, I'm only answerable to God, run! As fast as you can. When everybody's surrounded by yes men, stay away from those people. How many prophets and preachers have to fall before we figure that out? They come up with content. They have to come up with content for the social media feeds in their pulpits. So they come up with new nonsense all the time. They, they spread falsehood. They literally lie under the guise of the real news that God gives them directly. They defame people. They denounce and malign political leaders, which is actually a sin. And in fact, the only people worth of denunciation are false prophets. That's who Jesus denounced in the Bible, false prophets. They debase and cheapen the word of God, and they push people, Christians, into living lives of reactionary fear. Am I worried about what's going on in the world? Sure. Am I scared? No. Because if I know the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and he's got me in my hand, and the Bible tells me he won't let one go from his grasp, and that he's, watch, if, the, if, if, if God cares about the sparrow, he knows how many hairs are on my head, how much more does he care about me, then I'm going to be okay, and so are you. See, I just spoke the word of God, and what did it do? It encouraged, it built up. That's what it should be doing. Not like, oh, everybody get in your bunkers. Okay? It's not what we're going to do. There's a, a well-known prophet right now, and I wanna, I'm speaking this, I did not write this down. I'm speaking this out right now. There's a well-known well prophet right now in our circles, not in this church, but in the circles of the church, prophesying right now that there's going to be a second civil war and that Christians should arm themselves and get ready to fight. That is a lie from the pit of hell, and I will not name that person, but if you are following that person, you need to unfollow that person. That, per that is demonic message. There is never a time where that is the right thing to do. Sorry. Somebody out there needed to hear that. So what about us in our daily lives? What does it mean to be used to speak for God? Let's look at Luke 12, 12. This is a good one. This is a key one. I want you to remember this one. If you're going to memorize one this week, I would like you to memorize Luke 12. It's easy to remember because Luke 12, 12. Luke 12, 12. I have it. No? Did I not do it? Luke 12, 12? Yay. Okay. The verse 11 says, when you're brought before the synagogue, rulers and authorities, do not worry about how you defend yourself or what you will say. Jesus is speaking now. He said, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at the time what you should say. So don't worry about, what if my friend asks me, but why is, there, why is there evil in the world? What if my friend asks me, why does God let poor people suffer? Or why does God let bad things happen to good people? What, what am I going to say? Don't worry about what you're going to say. The Holy Spirit will teach you at that time. See, that's the problem. God's an on-time God. And we want to know in advance, right? We want to be prepared. But God is an on-time God. In, in manufacturing, we have a thing. In manufacturing, the sweet spot is a thing called just in time. Anybody work in manufacturing? Just in time would be the sweet. But what you want to do is, you don't want to make the product early, and you don't want to make it late. You want to make it just on time. And if you can get to that sweet spot, 
that would mean your lowest possible cost. So your maximum profit. Okay, that's the business side of it. Okay, but the thing is, nobody ever gets there. <laughs> and it's a constant problem. You can't, nobody can get there. Maybe Apple, I don't know. And of course they do it by using, anyway, won't get into the fact that, I won't get into the fact that they're using slave labor and we all have their phones in our pockets. Um, God is a just-in-time God, and he's always on time. Always. So if you're ever in a situation, I don't know what to say. I, my friend's suffering something. I don't know what to say. Just say, God, I'm not sure what we're going to say. Help me answer. Verbally, text, whatever. Help me, Lord. But remember, we have guidelines of what those answers should look like and should sound like. Okay? We have a great example. Stephen, the first recorded martyr of the church, he was killed after uh, giving a fantastic sermon. Right? And as they began to kill him, this is what the Bible says in Acts 7.55. I don't think I have it there. It says, Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. He had just, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, given a sermon to a group of people who he knew had the power to kill him. And they say, well, Stephen, what are you doing? He could have just gone, listen, sorry about that. Okay, I, I won't, I'll stop talking about Jesus. Sorry about that. He didn't. He went and he took them through a journey. Now, here's a man. He wasn't educated. He was, he was speaking to a bunch of educated guys. And he took them basically on a journey from the beginning of time to the moment standing in front of them, how Jesus is the revealed Messiah that they'd all been waiting for. That's what he does. Okay, you go read Acts 7. Okay? And he's like, this is exactly what we've been waiting for. So that's what I'm preaching about. And I can't stop talking about that. We, he's the Messiah. And so they pick up stones and they start to kill him. And by the inspiration, after the Holy Spirit, he's being killed, people. And he looks up and he sees glory. Amen? Because he was full of the Holy Spirit. Here's the promise from Jesus again, John 14, 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all that I have said to you. I keep on coming back to this one week after week. So how many of the things is he going to remember to us? All of them. So whatever situation you're in, God will bring them back. People say, well, I wish I knew the Bible better or whatever, and I would remember it. Read your Bible. It'll come back to you. Here's a fact. There's a guy named Greg Johnson. I don't know anything about him. I don't know if he's a pastor. I don't know anything about him, but I read something that he said, and this is correct. You ready for this? The early church, listen now, the early church had no political influence, no social media, no marketing, no celebrity leaders, but it turned the world upside down for Jesus Christ. The difference was its people, the average believer, was possessed by the power of the Spirit and compelled to share the gospel. And so in North America and the West, we become so obsessed. Listen, I love having the type of church we have. I love the fact that we're on social media. I love the fact that we're on YouTube right now, live, and all those things. But all of that is just a means to an end. Okay? It's not what church is about. The average believer was just possessed, the word he says here. It's just, you could say obsessed, but just full of the Holy Spirit and sharing the gospel. So let's remind ourselves of what the Great Commission is and the Great Commandment. Now remember now, we we're speaking the words of God here. The Great Commission and the Great Commandment. First, the Great Commandment is Love the Lord, you've already heard it. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Right? That is an inward commission. Right? In one sense, a commandment that's inward as a church. Only you can activate loving the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. 
with the help of the Holy Spirit. But without you choosing that, you can't do it. Then we are given the great commandment which Jesus gave the disciples. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. I don't think you can fulfill the great commandment if you haven't, sorry, commission, if you haven't fulfilled the great commandment. You can't go out there and spread the gospel to the whole world if you haven't learned what it is to love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind. Amen? So it's, it starts at home. Okay? We have become distracted, unobsessed with trying to right the world and look right. Let me say this. If we are called to right the world, if we are called to make it right, the first place we're called to make the world right is in our own heart and mind. The second place we're called to make the world right is in our homes. And then, maybe our schools or our work. But before we start telling the United Nations what God is saying, let's look in our own backyard. Before decrying the sinfulness of Hollywood or whoever you don't like, let's look at our own hearts and our own Google search history. We are not called to speak the word of God to the world as God's megaphone of judgment. That is, in fact, God's role. Believe you me. It is the Holy Spirit, the Bible tells us, that convicts people of sin. Not Christian Joe and Christian Jane. We are actually called to speak the gospel. What is the gospel? That God loves sinners so much that he sent Jesus, and that because of the victory that Jesus had, he has won at the cross over sin and death, we can now receive God the Holy Spirit who lives in and through us and gives us the power to speak his word out. Let's go right back to Acts 2.38, Peter's sermon at Pentecost. A lot of Peter today. Peter says, go ahead and put it up there. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You see, this is the whole of the gospel summed up in one sentence. There is a call to repentance. Yes, there is a call of, hey, what you're doing is wrong. Now come back to God. But in fact, the wrongness is not even called out. It's assumed. It's just repent. I don't need to detail it. I don't need to decry it. You know, I'll never forget this story from when I was young. And forgive me for saying this, but it's a perfect example of what I mean. When we focus so much on what the wrongness is out there and see God is, God is attacking that, we become it. That's what we become. And forgive me for sharing this. It's a bit graphic, but I, I remember when I was younger, the children at a church youth camp, sorry, church camp, we used to have this amazing thing called church camp. I hope we have it again. Once a week, everybody from all over the country would get together and, and whatever. And they had a speaker once. The children couldn't go to this. I might have been 11, 12, whatever. And he, what he was, he was an anti-pornography crusader. Do you guys remember this guy? And he was showing the church how the world was going to hell in a handbasket because of pornography. I mean, I can't imagine what he would have thought of the internet. Okay? And it was so bad and how... And he talked for an hour or two about pornography and how horrible it was, but everybody felt a little icky afterwards. Like, why does this guy know so much about pornography? Well, guess what? It wasn't too long later until you found out, well, guess what? He's working in the industry now. He's left the church and he works in the pornography industry. Okay? What I'm saying, folks, is when you focus so much on what's wrong with that, like, God, yes, pornography is, first of all, it is hurtful. It is sinful. It harms women. It harms children. It harms the dispossessed. It harms the dispossessed. It's, a, it's an aberrate. It's an abomination. But if that's all I talk about, I think it reveals more about me than it does about the sin. 
See, what God, Peter says is, repent. I don't need to know the details. Repent and, it doesn't go on, repent because you were terrible and God wants you to repent and be baptized, everyone, even in the name of Jesus Christ. And forgiveness of your sins, you will receive the Holy Spirit. Right? And then you go and read. Read Peter, Paul, James. Read the early church fathers. Not one of them is going on about, well, and the, the Rome should do this, and Rome should do that, and the government should do this, and the government should do that. And I, I'm some random guy from Montreal, Quebec, and I'm going to prophesy to Justin Trudeau about what he should do. What? Who? Yes, God is going to speak through us. But what he's going to speak through us is this. And how do you, you say, how do I know what I'm speaking is God? You know how you know? Does it line up with scripture? Does it line up with the word of God? Does it encourage people? Does it beat people up? Does it call people to repentance? Does it call people to salvation? Does it call people to be forgiven? Then you can be pretty sure it's God. You don't have to worry about it too much. We all want to be that guy who's like, you know, growing up, um, this is true, growing up in a church is very prophetic. You were always waiting for somebody to be called out. You know, you heard stories, you know, like, oh, you know, I'll make up a name, you know. Samuel, you were bad last night, and God tells you to repent. You were always waiting for that to happen, and it never happened because, thankfully, I grew up in a church that was healthy <laughs> for the prophetic, and it wasn't like that, okay? Everybody wants to be that guy that calls people out. How about we be the people that calls people to life? Okay? So, yes, God speaks through us, but let's allow God to speak to us and call people to a place of life, a place of forgiveness, a place of healing, a place of whatever they need in God. Amen? God is speaking. As I said at the beginning, the world is languishing. The world is sitting around watching too much Netflix. Okay? The world is sitting around. I, I had a conversation with someone this week, a wealthy someone, I won't get too much detail, not from the church. Do you have any shows to watch? What do you mean? Like shows you like. Why? I've watched everything. I have Apple. I have Amazon. I have, uh, what's the one, the Bell one? I don't like it. Crave. You know? I have them all. I've watched them all. What do I watch now? I was like, wow. <laughs> wow. Okay? I know we can all feel like that sometimes. You know, what do I do with my life? Hey, how about repent? Come to Jesus Christ. And see what it's like to have life. Now, guys, I'm not hammering on TV. I enjoy Netflix as much as the next person. Actually, Disney Plus is better. But, um, you know, as much as the next guy. But what I'm saying is the world's in this place where they're all kind of like, ugh, what do I do? Hey, how about we call them to this? Amen? I know there are people sitting in this room that when the pandemic started weren't Christians. And now they are. Thank God they were called to salvation. And the word of God never fails. So I want to close with this story. This is a great little story to close with. Sorry I've been a bit long today, but I've been very passionate about this one. Uh, there's a young man, young man, he's younger than me anyway. His name is David. He's here this morning. David, could you come up and get on camera, please? Just come up over here so people see you. This is David. Hi, Hi David. <laughs> I just want everybody to see him. So David, uh, just look at the camera. Yeah, no, no, it's okay. <laughs> Hoodies are allowed in this church. Uh, this is David. He's uh, becoming a church now for, well, a small group, what, in January? Uh, January. January, okay, thanks. Everybody's seen you now. You can go back. Okay, so <laughs> David and his fiance Anya, started coming to our small group through Jasmine and Tyler, who are also new to the church. So I just want to talk to you, social media and speaking the word of God. Jasmine and Tyler, as I've said before, came to the church through randomly searching for churches on Facebook one night and found us. I was up late watching the Habs. So again, bless the Habs, because if I wasn't up, it wouldn't have happened. And 
they messaged saying, hey, do you have a church? And I happened to be awake, so I just answered. And I said, yes, and we started a conversation. Anyway, through that day, now since that day, they've been speaking words of life and encouragement to another couple, saying, hey, we're in this church, or you know, we've got to get connected to God or whatever. And so David, having grown up in church, knew a little bit about it, and they've now come and joined us. So then we've been speaking about God speaking and God speaking to us prophetically, and in the small group we've been talking about God moving by the Spirit. And uh, we talked about all those things last, so when I preached two weeks ago, David messaged me after church and said, thank you so much for that. I know that God speaks to people, and it just brought something to m- my, my memory about God speaking. I said, well, what was it? And he said, when I was a young boy, he lived in Mauritius. If you know where that is, it's a wonderful tropical island off the coast of Africa in the, in the, ocean, in the Indian Ocean. And uh, it's, it's beautiful there. And that's where he grew up. And he was going to church. I didn't know this at the time. And he was going to church, and uh, his parents were believers. And believe it or not, if you grew up in church, his job was he did the overhead projector. Who remembers those? Remember the overhead projector? He, had, he was that kid who didn't care about things that had to change the, the, the songs. You know, he was that guy. Remember that guy? Uh, Val done that job. I've done that job. Anybody who grew up in a church like that will remember that. That was his job. And basically, that was the extent of his caring about church. He didn't care about much. And anyway, one day, that church's pastor chose to prophesy over his life. And he was barely paying attention, right? He was like, what? What? And the guy's like, he started prophesying over him that God's going to use him and God's going to bring him into a place where he's used by God. for the, And he was like, okay, you know, whatever. And just went on and lived his life. You know, he kind of remembered and knew that was there, but it never meant anything. Now... Many years later, when he was in a place where he was looking for something, some meaning, and everything was going on, and he's in his 30s now, right? You're in your 30s. And he's in his 30s. Something came back into his memory about that word. And Jasmine and Tyler are ministering, saying, come on, come and see this life of Jesus. It's amazing. Come on, come on. And then he remembers this word of God. And then, God bless families, because what happened? His aunt, his aunt wrote it down. His aunt wrote it down. Well, his aunt contacted him and said, here it is. She had it. She kept that promise, that word of God, and she shared the word of God. See, she took it and said, here, this was the call of God. This is the word of God spoken over your life 20 years ago. And that did something for you, right? And he's like, "That's I get it. And then when he heard me speaking about God speaking, he's like, I get it. I get it. You see, so the, remember last time we talked, the word of God never returns void. If it's calling people to hope, to love, to salvation, it's the word of God. So my encouragement to you is God uses us all to speak. Each and every one of you, God will use you to speak the word of God. Everybody online. Just what does that mean? Open yourself up to God and say, God, use me to speak your word. Use me to speak the gospel. Use me to call people to forgiveness. Use me to call people to repentance so that the word of God might be just spread through all our community and that we'll be able to wake people up from this languishing that's going on out there. Amen? So I encourage you this morning, speak the word of God. Speak the word of life to everybody and anybody. And now is the time to take your shot. As, and I don't mean the vaccine. I mean take your shot speaking it. Although you should if you get a chance. Um, what I mean is take your shot now because as if things return to normal, okay, we don't want to lose the upper people might be saying, ah, oh, well, I'm back. I'm, I'm out in the terrace. I'm going to the Habs game. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm doing this. I'm whatever. My life's all busy again. And there's so much noise. So speak to people. When people are down, speak to them and say, listen, I've got the word of life from God for you, and that word is come. Come and be healed. Come and get experience forgiveness. Come repent. 
and know who your Savior is. Amen.